Are you struggling with brand clarity, confidence, and creating content that connects? Want to brand yourself or your business, but don't know where to begin? Or are you frustrated because you're doing all the things you see everyone else doing, but you aren't getting more clients? You're telling everyone what you do, but no one hears you. It's like you're speaking a foreign language because your message isn't resonating. I hear you. The overwhelm is real. I feel your pain and frustration. I've been there. It wasn't overnight that I grew my business and figured out how to create a cohesive and consistent brand message that builds genuine connections and gets more clients. In fact, I did everything the hard way and I want to make it easier for you because I've been in your shoes and I don't want you to struggle anymore. I am offering brand strategy, clarity, confidence, and connection coaching sessions to help you master your brand messaging and be seen and heard as the expert you are. In a one hour strategy session, we'll dive deep into your values, visions, and passions to create absolute clarity around your brand messaging and business. You'll not only have absolute clarity for your brand messaging, but you'll feel confident. When you are confident, you will trust yourself more and be able to create content, content that genuinely connects and helps your ideal audience get to know, like, and trust you. After working with Tracy for only one hour, she said, Robin's branding expertise was not only insightful, but empowering. She gave me a clear vision of my personal brand and how I can market myself as an authority in higher education. The blueprint she gave me for creating a personal brand is very detailed, but most importantly, gives me confidence that I can and will continue to transform business initiatives within higher education programs and help and inspire others to do the same. Don't you want to achieve that sense of clarity and confidence to feel empowered to inspire your audience? I believe you can and will when we work together. Now, if you're envisioning yourself feeling anxious and frantically taking notes during this session, don't worry. You don't have to write anything down. The only thing you need to do is focus on the strategy session and learning, and I'll take care of everything else. You'll receive a comprehensive blueprint from me outlining everything we've talked about with action items that will take your brand messaging to the next level and attract more clients. Do you want absolute clarity on your brand messaging and to know how to connect with your ideal audience to attract more clients? Then this strategy session is for you. Don't waste any more time spinning your wheels. Go to therobingram.com shop to schedule your session today. Hurry, because I have limited spots per month so that I can give you the attention you deserve. I can't wait to work with you and watch your brand messaging and business transform. Hello friends, welcome to the second phase podcast. I'm Robin Graham, your host, and a brand marketing strategist and photographer passionate about helping women connect and grow their audience and get more clients. I am so excited you're here with me today to chat all about branding, personal development, and life overall in the second phase. What is the second phase? The second phase for me was a change in careers and learning how to navigate a new world and build the business from the ground up when I was actually terrified to put myself out into the world as something new. For some, the second phase is a significant lifestyle change, a traumatic loss, a move, an illness. It could be any number of things. 
No matter the definition of your second phase, we are here together to learn about creating a brand that stands out and makes an impact and grow as our authentic selves and follow our callings, our passions, our visions, and our values. Now grab your cup of coffee or the dog's leash and let's dive into a new episode. Jose Miguel Longo is a life and career coach helping millennials and beyond achieve meaningful and successful careers. Miguel is also the director of career services for SUNY Polytechnic Institute. He is a strategic leader with over 10 years of experience in human services, talent management, human resources, career development, coaching, and counseling. Jose believes everyone has a God-given talent and is passionate about helping people discover theirs. And to top it off, he's a fellow Golden Doodle lover too. Today, Jose is joining me to help us take away the overwhelm of using LinkedIn. He's going to teach us how to organically grow our network to ultimately attract more clients. LinkedIn is a professional social platform and it can be pretty intimidating. I know a lot of people who don't use it, but yet it's a super powerful tool. So I'm really thrilled that Jose is here today to kind of debunk some of the myths around LinkedIn and teach us how to organically grow our audience. Jose Miguel, welcome to the Second Phase Podcast. Robin, how are you? Thank you so much for having me. I am well, thank you. And thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to be here. My pleasure. We are going to talk today about LinkedIn. One of my favorite topics to talk about. (laughs) But before we dive in to that subject matter, would you mind telling the audience just a little bit about you, where you're from, what you do? Awesome. Yeah. So my name is Jose Miguel Longo, and I live in Syracuse, New York. So I always like to say that I live in a snow globe that doesn't stop shaking. We have winter for about nine months out of the year. But my full-time day job, I'm a director of career services at a college here. When I work for the state, so I get to help people advance their careers and find their passion and purpose. But in my real world job that I love that I want full time, which is coaching, I'm actually a life and business coach for millennials. So I also have a podcast that I host, which is life and business coaching for millennials. And I basically help people gain more purpose in their life and find more meaning to the career they want to have or really help them clarify the things that are missing. So I really spend time with clients and clarifying all the things that are related to their life, their businesses, and their careers. That's awesome. And because we're talking about LinkedIn, I'm seeing a marriage here because LinkedIn has so much power, right? For building relationships and pushing your career forward when used effectively. Yeah. And it's not even just your career. It's also like a brand. It's also a business. So a little bit about LinkedIn, and I know that you have a bunch of questions for me, but when we talk about LinkedIn, in the early 2000s, when LinkedIn just became you know, the next social media platform, because Facebook was first, then Twitter, and then LinkedIn came aboard, it really was this professional platform where you went to engage in a professional manner. As it evolved, Over the years, it's become this mega brand, this mega platform that now you're building networking relationships that are sustainable. So I'm sure you have a bunch of questions that we can elaborate, but I wanted to make sure I inputted that as well. I love that. So say that again, networking 
and building a brand and creating relationships that are sustainable. Sustainable. Yes. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And you know, 2020 is the year of networking virtually. I think there were so many people who were opposed to networking online. They wanted to be networking in person, but this has forced the hand. And so to be able to build these relationships and have a more solid foundation with your networking, I think online is is critical. A hundred percent. I mean, I think when I think about when LinkedIn way back so many years ago, over a decade now, it was really just the beginning stages of what we were seeing for online networking. And given the world we're living in and how we're doing business, you're either online or you're not, and you're either on LinkedIn or you're not. And you take groups, for example, believe it or not, LinkedIn was the first social networking platform to introduce groups way before Facebook did. And so you're harnessing the power of your profile and the brand you're building along with engaging with people in groups that are like some of these groups have hundreds of thousands of people Mm -hmm. where there's activity all the time. And it's a global brand, not just, you know, in the US. So think about that interconnecting web of how you connect with people. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about that. For me, as a personal branding expert and a brand strategist, that I'm constantly thinking of of online presence and how to build that personal brand and really show up as an expert and authority in your space. And to me, LinkedIn is a great platform to do that, whether you're a coach or you, even if you have a product business and you're a product entrepreneur, it's a great place to build relationships, make those connections, and then bring in clients mm-hmm. and sales. So let's talk about that. When you're thinking about creating a LinkedIn profile, what are the key components to include to really showcase your personal brand? Absolutely. So that's a really good question. The first thing that always comes to mind is that people don't oftentimes think about, and it's kind of like a side note in their head is like, you want to customize your specific LinkedIn URL. So as you're building your profile and you're building your brand and really connecting with people, you can share that to people. So you can have it in your signature, you can have it in your website. So it's a really minimal thing to think about and really talk. But I always like to throw that in there because people forget about it. So you can always customize that to your name or to your business. Mm -hmm. The first thing that I would say that's most important is your headline. So this is the part that's right underneath your name when someone searches for you or when someone sees your profile that pops up. And this is what someone will read when they're searching. So this is where you want to put the juicy SEO words. Those are the key words that someone's going to look for. So it's your tagline or it's what you do for a living or it's what you aspire to do. You want to fill that with a juicy description that will ultimately get you and make you more searchable. So when you talk about a brand, that is harnessing the power of you as a person and building your brand. Mm, I love that. And those keywords and SEO are so important. If you think about it, there's always an algorithm that messes with it. And with LinkedIn, what's really unique, and we'll talk more about this in a bit, but I want to mention this point, how you connect with people is how you see people when you're looking for them. So you have this really weird web that's always growing outward from the middle. So you have a small social network, which is your first degree connections. And then you have an extension of that, which is second degree connections. And the difference between the different types of profile that you have, meaning paid or unpaid, 
you have the ability to you as a person with a free profile connect with first and second degree connections. If you have a paid profile, you can connect to that third web link to third degree connections. And we can talk more about that later, but when you talk about building your profile and increasing your connections, you wanna really harness the people who are in your industry, the people who you're targeting to develop relationships with, and then seeing who they're connected with to potentially bring in clients and then organically grow your presence. Yeah, there's so much power in that. And so when you talked about like the profile and the key phrases, key words in the headline for SEO, LinkedIn is searchable. So it really is like a search engine. So if someone wanted to find a coach for millennials, they can type in the search bar coach for millennials, and then you come up as long as you have that information in your headline. A hundred percent. And I always tell people, your LinkedIn profile is your resume on steroids. And it's also the resume that never sleeps, right? When I talk to people and I'm coaching people in their career, I always say that your resume that you're building, it's organically growing as you grow, Mm -hmm. right? So it grows with you. So it's a living document. When you talk about LinkedIn as a networking, social networking platform, it's never sleeping. So you're getting connections while you're sleeping and building a presence when you're not engaging. Mm -hmm. But as long as you show up, and I'm sure you have questions about that, but you have to show up. So there's a strategy in how you show up on LinkedIn to build connections and to build that foundation of your network. So I definitely want to come back to that and talk about how we show up because I know there are things with the algorithm and everything that all of that is factored in. But Mm -hmm. before we move on, just a quick point about the profiles is there are spaces, places on our profile for endorsements, recommendations, and features. And how important are those? Like to me, when someone leaves me a recommendation, I'm thrilled that that's there. But then I take that and I copy and paste it and I put it as a testimonial on my website. So there's so much power in that. And I kind of want to point that out. And then the same thing for the features. Like if say this is, we were flipped and you were interviewing me on your podcast, I would then take that and I would put that in the features as free PR. Mm -hmm. So I just want to point out those things that when you were saying that it's like a resume that never sleeps, there's so much power there to showcase all of your expertise and really plant the seed that you're an authority in your niche because you can put all of that right there and everybody can see it. Yeah, it it really is a powerful tool. And, you know, when I talk about LinkedIn and how I train people on LinkedIn, it's getting seen, getting recruited and getting hired. But when you talk about building it for your business, It's all about what you're putting in your profile to be visible and how you're engaging, right? The visibility is important. So you talk about your endorsements. I think endorsements are value added. I don't think that it's going to change how many more connections you get versus how many more likes you get on your comments. People aren't going to live in that deep into your profile. Mm -hmm. But I think that when you're trying to build your profile, You want to reach out to the people who you already have an established relationship that you build your network with. So it's kind of, if you think about the tree, you have the roots. Mm -hmm. That the root is the root of your foundation as you're building it. Have all those people, maybe there's 10 or 20 people that you know that can say, I can endorse you on these skills. 
I can say that you've successfully accomplished and achieved that. Or I've worked with you and I will say, yes, definitely this person has leadership, right? Get that in there. But you could forget about it because it's not going to matter. Now, if you were a student who's recently graduated college, I would have a different conversation because it's very different in how you're being perceived. If you're actively looking for a job, you want to make sure your endorsements are in line. You want to make sure that you may have one or two recommendations. I think I have maybe one on my profile and I've had LinkedIn for 10 years, maybe even longer, and I've never really just paid attention to it. It's value added. It's not like a must, but it's good to have. Like I'm not saying ignore it. I'm saying it's just not 100% required. I think it's about do you value that so much that you want to make sure you have it in there? And how is it going to impact you and your brand? Are you sending people to LinkedIn to follow you and build connections? Or are you on LinkedIn to build connections to then send people to your website where you're selling your services and your products? So that's the difference in how you want that to show up. When I think about using LinkedIn, I want to engage people. I want to bring people to the conversation. I'm posting about my podcast. I'm posting about my courses, but I'm also going in to engage in groups mm-hmm. and enjoying it in, in, in other people's conversations. I'm also going to engage in looking at what people are posting who are in my network that they bring value to me and I want to bring value to them. So I'm commenting on their posts. So how you show up to engage, you want to have activity every single day whether it's one day you spend time posting an article or sharing an article or putting something that you've created, right? And then the other time, it's really joining into the groups and engaging what people are saying. It's very basic, just fundamentally basic. So when you're talking about that, there has to be a strategy in place, like a content creation strategy. It's different than Instagram. It's different than Facebook, but yet there is an algorithm. So somebody is out there watching how often we post and how often we engage. For sure. And you want to think about who are you trying to target? So what is the intention? That's the first thing. What is the objective of what you're trying to get out of using the platform? You can do the same thing on LinkedIn that you would do on Instagram. You can do the same thing on LinkedIn that you would do on Facebook. And you can do the same thing on LinkedIn you would do with Twitter. You just have more character spacing and you have I would see a pretty substantial network. The difference between, for example, Instagram and LinkedIn is that LinkedIn is a not just a blog, right? But it's a broader audience of networking. You can't network on Instagram. And Instagram is more of a visual blog, right? You're seeing what someone is sharing. But you have to focus on the audience of what you want people to see and hear and who you want to attract, your hashtags, right? That's really key on LinkedIn. I'd say that when Twitter jumped on the bandwagon of hashtags first, LinkedIn followed very quickly. And you used to be able to, I don't know if it shows up the same way, I don't pay attention to it anymore, but you used to be able to allow the first 140 characters of your post on LinkedIn, you could share it on Twitter way way back in the day. I think it's changed because Twitter allows more characters now. Mm-hmm. But you want to pay attention to your hashtags because that's where the SEO, that's where the strategy comes into who's going to see that. If it's searchable using a hashtag, hashtags are everything. And people oftentimes forget about them. I put 500 hashtags sometimes and it's a little overwhelming, but I want it to be seen by the right people. 
I know that if I'm doing a hashtag search on any of those platforms, I'm going to look to see to people who I want to connect with because I want to engage in their network and who they're connecting with. Mm-hmm. And that's how you harness that power. Yeah. Now, LinkedIn has a restriction though, right? Don't they only want three hashtags? No. No? You can put you can as many more? hashtags as you want. Oh, that's good to know. Because I had, I don't know if I read it or maybe I heard it on a podcast that they frown upon more than three hashtags. They want you to put hashtags because they want your post to be seen by the right people. Perfect. Yeah. So there's yeah, because you limit yourself. But I think the important thing is to make sure that your hashtags are aligned with your brand so that people can find you. With your content. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, you know, I would put podcasts, hashtag podcast, hashtag podcaster when it's a post about my podcasts. But typically you want to keep the same five or six hashtags in all of your posts. So if you identify as a brand strategist, hashtag branding, hashtag brand strategist, hashtag strategist, hashtag brand should be the most common ones you have in all of your posts because the algorithm will start to register that. Mm -hmm. And it's not like Instagram where it deletes itself after 24 hours. It doesn't work that way. You continue to show up in an activity feed. Everyone has an activity Mm -hmm. feed. So when you go to your profile and you view it, you can see your activity. You could also search by hashtag. So there's, it's really deep and we can go down this rabbit hole that you're lost in for hours. So I want to make sure that your audience doesn't feel like I'm overwhelmed by just even talking about it. I think we would want to make it easier for them to know, like, if you've never used LinkedIn, start with your profile and then start looking for people that you know. Mm-hmm. And then connect with those people. But how you connect is very, very important. Have you joined the Brand Insider private Facebook group yet? If not, head on over to Facebook, facebook.com forward slash groups slash the Brand Marketing Insider, where we make branding fun. Every day we network and build community and genuine relationships and learn tips all about building a brand that stands out and makes an impact. I'd love to see you there. And I know everyone else in the group would love to learn from you and connect with you as well. So head on over there and join the Brand Marketing Insider private Facebook group. Yes, I want to talk about this because I think it's so important to not just say connect and walk away. Yeah. And so, and the thing of it is that LinkedIn changes all the time. I used to be a LinkedIn trainer back in the day. And I stopped because my job functions changed and I switched from being this career development person to a recruiter. So I was using LinkedIn very differently. So I ignored my LinkedIn profile for many years because people were coming to me. I wasn't coming to them and I was hiring and recruiting people on LinkedIn. So I was able to learn all the secrets that recruiters were doing behind the scenes when trying to attract talent. So if someone wanted to connect with me, and I still have this problem today, and I teach my students this all the time, you want to make sure you actually go to the person's profile and you click on connect to be able to send them a personalized message as to why you want to connect with them. Most people, and I would say about 85% of people, they're very protective of their network. They don't have time to go through and accept hundreds of messages or accept hundreds of profile requests. 
because those invitations are meaningful. Why do you want to connect with me in my network? I get an average of 20 to 30 people in any 12 to 13 hour period trying to connect with me. And sometimes I have 200 invitations pending because I don't have the time to go in there and accept all of them. And I surely am not going to accept them if I don't know you. And when I was actively recruiting, because I worked for Syracuse University, for me at the time, it was like constant, nonstop. And talk about like alert, alert, alert on your phone. You have to sometimes just shut it off. Mm-hmm. But harnessing that power of just a simple line saying, hello, so-and-so, I've been browsing your profile and I've seen that we have many people in common that we know. I would love to connect and engage with your network. Looking forward to connecting soon. Just one line, it's so simple, so meaningful and huge impact. The likelihood and the chances of you getting accepted are a hundred and times percent higher than you not getting anything. Mm-hmm. And what I've also seen, and this used to happen before, I think LinkedIn's worked on this a little bit more, is that people buy LinkedIn accounts to have connections because they think that the more connections you have, that the better you look. But are those connections really valuable? Are they really connections that you've built organically to really develop your network? Based on who you are as a person and your brand, your network is gonna look different than somebody else. So if you're a brand strategist and you're living on posting articles, posting videos, posting memes, and posting all these different content information, what you're sharing is going to be a hundred percent different and you're going to have probably a bigger network than someone who is just there to like learn and engage in the groups and just scroll on the feed. It's going to be different and it takes time. Yeah, Yeah. it does take time, but I think that is so important. I know I get requests from people all over the world and if we don't have a mutual connection, I'm not going to accept because I don't know. I just think it's a little bit creepy, but I also, what I really don't like is when people immediately send me a message to sell me something, network with me and get to know me first, or they throw out that they want to work with me or want me, you know, to hire them, but they don't even know what I do. And so I think it's really important as we write those messages to think about building a genuine relationship and growing that relationship before trying to sell or And and those are the people who ultimately are living on LinkedIn because they have a product and service they have to sell and they have a quota to meet. So they're spending all day long, control C, control V, control C, control V to every single person that they're either bought a list, right? Their contact content is sellable. So are contacts and they're going through, let's say it's brand strategists is the hashtag list that they just bought 4,000 people click on every single one and just send mass mails, mass LinkedIn mails. And it's unfortunate, right? But you have the ability to harness the power over the network and to engage who you want to engage with. And if you're strategic, you'll see the success of how your network can grow. Yeah. And the more you're active in it, three or four days a week, whether it's at least once a week posting one piece of information, whether it's an article or a post of your blog, or it's a podcast episode, or sharing something that really impacted you and leaving a message that you're posting it with, 
that's significant enough. So at least doing that once a week is super important. And then engaging three or four times a week, the rest of the time with people, Mm -hmm. with the connections, with your network. Yeah. And there's a difference between posts and articles, right? At least it used to be. It's significant enough that you can pick which of the ones you're doing. So for example, when you're doing an article, you're really writing significant communication content. Like for example, I did an article on the class of 2020 with COVID and helping this group of students getting ready to hit the real world and the world of adulting and trying to make them feel better of like, you have such a bright future. So that was a long, you know, lengthy article. And I referenced a couple of things. When you host, like I just put a post up from my class that I just ended my four-week course, I shared the picture of the, of the students that were with me and just how appreciative and grateful I was. That's just the post, mm-hmm. right? So you can differentiate them however you want to. Ultimately, ultimately the difference is that an article has more um, content that you ultimately want to reference to, and you're really sharing it for a different purpose. It's more in depth and I guess it's more evergreen content. Like I know I've repurposed my blog post over to articles and then, you know, you can link back to your blog and, you know, so on and so forth. So you just get a little more evergreen slash value out of those posts versus the, or the articles I should say. And then the posts are more limited characters and meant to be read quickly and maybe drive traffic to your website. For sure. And you can, you can definitely track the engagement that your post and your articles have mm-hmm. and your activity. So you have the ability to look at that information and you have the ability to also kind of ghost and look at people without them knowing that you're looking at them if you're trying to do some research, mm-hmm. um, which is really unique to, to being able to search. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I forgot to ask you this when we were talking about the profile, but something that I think is very, very important. And I've heard recruiters say, and I know that recruiters actually will scroll on by if you don't have this, but a professional photo or at least a really, really good selfie, not underexposed and not looking to the side and not cropped from a bar with somebody else, you know, shoulder sticking out. How important is that profile picture? A hundred percent important. So here's the thing. Look, we are unfortunately live in a world where we judge people. I get paid to judge people for a living because I judge people's resumes. And ultimately that's the world I've lived in. And I got to judge people to hire them. Does it make me a less of a person? No. I think that ultimately, if you want to showcase something, this is your time to shine. And how you present yourself is going to demonstrate how someone will identify you and if they think you're a good fit. Is it discriminatory? In a way, sure. But I don't think there's a way of making an argument that anyone's going to win because your profile is there for a reason. And so if you're there to show up to engage, to get recruited and get hired, have that professional picture. You always want to make sure it is a black, well, not a black background, but a background where there's nothing behind you. Yeah, blank. So you have a clean wall doesn't matter what color the wall is, but it's clean. So no flags or banners or posters or anything like that. If you can avoid the selfie, yes, avoid the selfie, have someone take a picture of you. And 
be professional. You don't have to have a suit and tie, but have a shirt or a polo or make it business casual. You know, you do want to look so that someone's impressed with you and leaves a lasting impression. Mm-hmm. So 100% having a profile picture is definitely the way to go. I'll say, and to be honest, I didn't hire people because they didn't have a profile picture. Mm-hmm. You know, when we're building a brand, we're trying to build that no like, and trust factor. And if we don't have a profile picture because we live in a digital world, that's our first introduction. So, you know, are you lacking confidence? Are you not professional? There's so many questions that could go into why you don't have one. And Mm -hmm. the same is true. If you have one that's 10 years old and then you go in for an interview or you go in to, (laughs) to meet with a client and you look completely different, then you, again, lose that trust factor. And the reality of it is, is that don't bother creating a LinkedIn profile if you're not going to have a professional profile picture. It makes no sense. If you're trying to show up, then, then you just look like a fraud or you look like it's a fake account. Mm-hmm. It discourages people from wanting to connect with you. And you know, I tell my students that all the time, like we actually do every career fair, we have a LinkedIn photo booth so we can get them professional headshots. And it takes two seconds. It's almost like taking your passport picture, except you really want to smile um, and show up. And, you know, ultimately you can do it in a bright spot in your house and put the camera and set the timer and just take the picture and share it with a bunch of people and say, hey, which one's the best? It's for my LinkedIn profile. It takes two seconds. We live in a world where we have this. Cameras are no excuse anymore. So it's snap, upload, and you're good to go. Okay, so one more question back to content and the article. So we talked about how often we need to be present and the types of things we can do to be present and showing up. But when we talk about doing a post, and you talked several times, you mentioned about your podcast, and I do the same thing. I post my podcast episodes to LinkedIn. Now, I was told that we should put the link in the comments because LinkedIn does not want us to send people off of their platform. They want to keep people there as long as possible. So if you're posting and sending someone to your website, sending someone to your podcast, then you should put that link in the comments versus in the post. Is that true? I don't agree with that. Like it's your post. Mm-hmm. You have ownership of how you share your information. Yeah. I would say that LinkedIn perhaps wants to keep you on the platform as long as possible. But if you're sharing something that's ultimately driving someone to someplace else, don't you want to make it easier for them to find it? Well, that was what I thought. I mean, that's what I I thought. I I don't don't, like to add steps, but you know, this person told me that and I thought I'm going to test this out. I have not seen any difference in engagement on my post. That has never changed since the interweb came into existence is that if it takes more than three clicks for someone to get to it, they're not doing it. They're not going. Yeah. So if you're sharing something, you want to attract an audience to it and you want to know where they're coming from, put it in your post. And if your post ends up for some reason, someone says, I can't track it, then put it in the comments. It makes no sense. I agree with the piece about LinkedIn wanting to keep you in the platform longer, but I don't agree with having to put it in. It's your post. You control what you're sharing. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I think that makes sense because it's, and I, and I tested it and I'm not seeing a difference in engagement. So I don't think it really matters. Yeah. You're then, they're scrolling on you and they're like, well, where do I find it? Mm -hmm. Now you're, now they have to click to the comments to find a link that you should have shared in your post. What you're making more work for them. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So I'm glad I'm glad we're on the same page. <laughs> and I and I did test it and it didn't make a difference in my numbers. So I think that speaks volumes. Yeah. Let's see. I'm looking through my list of questions to see if there's any other thing we could hit really quickly. Okay, so one thing, a paid versus free account. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I've had both. I currently have a free account now. You know, the value added of a paid account versus a free account is making your network bigger. But here's the thing about your network. You can connect with a first degree connection who's connected to someone you may perhaps want to really connect with. It's a third degree connection. And because of the third degree connection for you and maybe a second or a first to the other person, you can have them introduce you and connect that way. Yeah. You've solved that problem. And people may not understand what that means. What I'm trying to get at is that with a free account, you're limited to how many LinkedIn mails you can send, right? So sometimes you will start a conversation stream in the invitation message because you don't have enough LinkedIn mails that you can send. And then how you connect with people if they're a first degree, second degree, or third degree connection. Going back to the, the web that I kind of described, When you have a free profile, you can only connect to first and second degree connections. A first degree connection is someone who is not connected to someone in your network that you want to connect with and that you know. A second degree connection is someone that is already connected to you or your network that knows a person you want to connect with. A third degree connection is a second and a first degree connection with someone who you want to connect with that you've never connected with before, but you've seen in other people's networks. What happens in a free profile is that you can't get to the third degree connections. So you need a first degree connection to connect you to that third degree connection. Sounds so complicated. I know people are like, what? I don't get it. If you think about a spider web, how it has a center layer Think about the first center layer as the first and the next one as a second and the next one as the third. That's the easiest way to understand it. Yeah. With a paid profile, which is pretty expensive, you get the ability to connect with the recruiters and for them to see you. And you get the ability to get them to see you with the free, but it's a whole different ballgame. You get, I think it's like 10 LinkedIn mails a month you get the ability to connect with a larger network, right? So third degree connections and a larger network. And then I'm trying to think of what else people would actually really need that you don't get from a free profile. They get more money out of people who are in business for hiring and recruiting than they get from people who are using premium for the purpose of connections. You don't need to have a paid account unless you're a person who is an active LinkedIn live person who's on LinkedIn every single day and that is your platform and you don't engage in anything else. Yeah. You need to really think hard before you invest the money into a LinkedIn platform. 
because the same thing goes with Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. They're all free, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, Why I think it's it? it comes down to you're not paying for marketing at that point. You're paying for connections is what it almost sounds like. So you'd really have to evaluate is that worth it when you can reach out to a close friend and say, Hey, would you mind? And one thing too, is, you know, as you grow your network and say you are, you know, if you're creating long form content or you have a podcast or you're interviewing people or doing Facebook lives with people, you're going to have opportunities to meet people. And they may be a third connection that you can then connect with because you've actually interacted with them. Okay. So Jose, we have probably got to wrap up at this point. Let's go through just really fast, do a couple of takeaways. So the, some of the key things, the profile, making sure that your headline has key phrases so that people can easily find you if they do a search for whatever it is that you do, whatever your expertise is, make sure that you're posting, showing up three to four times a week, posting, engaging on other people's posts, putting an article out as you see fit. But primarily with that repurposing content so that you're not duplicating your efforts. And then a free account is absolutely good enough. And Mm -hmm. what else? Groups. Groups, groups. Use the groups. Yes. Communicate, comment, engage in groups because that's a great way to get more eyes on your profile and your niche. Mm -hmm. Okay. This was awesome. Yeah, lots of juicy stuff. It's overwhelming, but it's once you start to get into it and creating a habit of doing it, you'll realize that it's so easy to do. And it compares to the other platforms. You know, it's just about being authentic, right? Showing up and being authentic. It's really, really comes down to. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I I love it. And I love that you like debunked the myths uh, that I talked about that I had been told with the hashtags and the links. Yeah. So not true. I just did my post and there was at least 15 hashtags. So (laughs) nobody will have any trouble finding you on LinkedIn. (laughs) Well, at least specifically to my content. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Jose, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. This was always fun. And if you have any questions or follow-ups, you can definitely let your audience know they can find me on LinkedIn. So Jose Miguel Longo, you can search me by my name. And I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter. And everything, all my channels are the same thing. So it's all Jose Miguel Longo. And what is your podcast called again? It's Life and Business Coaching for Millennials. So everyone can hop over after they listen to this episode and go learn more from you. Yeah, for sure. Have a lot of juicy stuff. Awesome. Thanks again. Thanks, Robin. And that's a wrap, friends. Thank you so much for listening today. I am grateful to have you here with me. If you enjoyed this episode and found the information helpful, will you please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating and review? That would mean the world to me. It will also help others find the podcast. I really look forward to getting to know my listeners. Will you please connect with me on Instagram? You can find me at the Robin Graham. You can also find me on Facebook and LinkedIn as Robin Graham. And I invite you to join my private Facebook group, the Brand Marketing Insider. Please spread the word about the second phase podcast. Until next time, remember to smile. <laughs>